Yo, yo, yo. Everybody listening in. This your boy Q, live and direct, back at it again. New platform, new season of Purpose Shop Podcast. I'm going to try to keep it exclusive for y'all every Monday with new interviews, fresh new talent, fresh local talent, everything like that. I got a very special guest today, and I'm going to let him do the introduction. So hold on one second. What's up, fam? Yo, yo. What happened? Hey, what's going on with you, man? Not much, man. Chilling. To the listeners, can you um, go ahead and introduce yourself one time for me? Man, it's your boy Tease, the mic burner, a.k.a. Easy Rider. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get right into it, man. So... How did the name T Easy the Mike Burner came about? At first, when I was uh young, all my family would just call me T, just for short. But then when I um like in school, all my friends from like the block in my neighborhood used to call me Easy. Because I was okay. always easy going, so I just put the name together. So the mic burner just came about because you be killing the mic. And the mic burner was a name given to me by, I ain't going to say a name because I know she don't want me to, but it was given to me by a girl when I was in eighth grade and we were rapping and she just started calling me the mic burner. So I just put that after my name because there's too many TEs out here. True, true, true. Okay, you said something about eighth grade. Oh, but that was my next question. So... How old were you when you started rapping or took it serious? Shit, I started rapping when I was in the sixth grade, 12 years old, I guess, around that time, 12, 13, when I actually started recording. I used to always freestyle, but I started recording around that age. And to be real, I really ain't take rap serious until I graduated high school. So when you first started rapping, were you nervous about what your peers may think, or you just, you know, did what you love? Mainly, you didn't really care about what other people think about it. At first, it was just for fun. Really, it was just a hobby. I ain't gonna lie; I thought I was going to the NBA, and going when I was growing up. Once I discovered basketball, rap was just a hobby. It was just a, a backup plan. And then once I just end up connecting with it emotionally, because at first I was just rapping, just to rap. And then my music started connecting with me emotionally and it started became, like, becoming my life. That's when I actually fell in love with it because it was like therapy. So I really, I didn't care at that time. When I first started, I was just, just rapping, really. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, who was your influences that made you want to, you know, become a rapper? I know you said basketball was your number one option, but who was your influences, you know, growing up? Musically, musically, I'm influenced by a lot of people, but the main reason why I actually even attempted to rap 
who were my main influence was my uh, best friend that passed away when I was 13, named Turk. So he was the one who I always wanted to be the rapper. And he used to always tell me to go play basketball and do that. And he was going to just do the rap stuff. When he passed away, that's when that's who, like, what really influenced me to rap. Okay. So I know you got your rappers that freestyle, got your rappers that write down on pen and paper. Which one are you? Do you prefer freestyling? You prefer writing down your rap so you can go back and, you know, go back and look at it? When I, uh, when I made music, I, I like, it's like painting a picture. I don't know what I'm going to do until, like, I start actually putting, like, first I got to hear the music. So once I hear the music, I start painting the picture in my head. If, if I can just go up there and go, I do it. But if I hear it and be like, I got to write, then I write to it. It's just whatever comes first. Oh. So I, I do them both. Oh, okay, okay. So when you, okay, so when you listen to a beat, do you know off off rip? Are you gonna sing on this track, or are you gonna rap, or do both? Like which? How you how your mindset be? Where your mindset be at when you listen to a beat before you actually decide? Hey, I'm gonna rap on this one. Hey, I'm gonna sing on this one. It it really depends. Yeah, it depends on the beat, like. When I hit a beat, I probably, like, before I even started doing anything, I probably listen to it all the way through. But sometimes, once you hit a, once I hit the first few sounds, I'm already in my head, know exactly what I'm finna do. So, it just depends on how the beat moves me. Okay. So, another question. What, what year, well, better question, how old were you when you first, when you dropped your first mixtape? And what was it called? Well, shoot, my first official mixtape, I'm going to say, I dropped when I was 15. It was called Diamonds Are Forever. That was my, my, I consider my first official mixtape. Man, I did, growing up, though, I did so many projects from, that I hope remain, never get brought to surface. Mm -hmm. But, is my first official mixtape when I started kind of this run time when I just kind of started knowing that I can actually rap and start finding myself in music. I wouldn't say taking it serious, but Diamonds Are Forever. That's on that cliff right now. Y'all can go listen to it. Okay, after you dropped that mixtape, what was the reviews like as far as your peers and your parents and everything like that? Like, What did they think about it? Yeah. At first, after they couldn't get around the cover in the first few songs because it was all it was something new and where I was like using that's when I first did that tape. That's when I started using the biblical and religious terms to just have people. A lot of people were turned away from my music, but it was some people there that actually sat there and listened and actually understood it. And actually broke down everything on the um project. Okay, so so I they got kind of like mixed reviews. So some people liked it, some people didn't. 
So how do you go about choosing the artwork for your for your albums or mixtape? Before I even start making a project, I, I make the artwork first. And then I um kinda like try to make the music match the artwork. So if I'm the artwork mostly be how I'm feeling in this particular time of my life. Okay. So, so like I like my artwork for blue, I'm I'm like merged with a wolf because right now I feel like in my life all my problems and stuff I'm going through, I feel like I'm a wolf where I can't actually lead a pack, but I also feel like I'm a lone wolf. So I had to, and I feel like a wolf is like my spirit animal. So that's why I had made the cover for my new project, Blue, like that. So how do you decipher how, how many tracks go on a mixtape or album? Cause I know what this this gonna be your second, third album. Um, how do you decipher how many tracks goes on what project? Like whether it's a mixtape or an album. Cause you got some guys that do mixtape be like sixteen songs, and the album turn around be ten songs. How do you decipher like what? How many songs go on which project? To be honest, like I, I just when I'm doing the pro, when I'm thinking about doing the project, I, it's just like writing a book. I think about the story I want to tell on it. So once I start making songs to fit the story, I start placing the songs and sequencing them in the order I want them to be, and listening to them all, you know, every day and every chance I get to see if they flowing right. And if I feel like it's, if I have seven songs and I feel like I I told the story, it's complete, I don't got nothing else to say, then, you know, I just turn it in to the label and see, you know, if it's a go. But sometimes I might feel like it ain't complete. I might need to need about 22 songs on here just to, you know, get everything to tell the full story I want to tell on the project. Mm-hmm. So, all the mistakes you have so far, how many mistakes you say you have in total right now? In total, fish will probably uh, four, I'll say. Four. Okay. Yeah. Do you think everything go hand-in-hand with the current music that you're dropping right now? Like, for instance, I know, you know, back then it was a different time frame um, of how music has evolved. Are you trying to Evolve with the current new rappers, or are you just trying to keep your old sound? I'm just bringing. I'm just. I never really had a sound back then. I, like I said, I was just rapping. Now it's to the point where I, I kind of found my pocket. I kind of know my sound, and, and I don't want to put myself in a box. So every I don't. I don't want to have like a particular sound, like I. Like, for instance, like, my projects, I want to turn, like, I want to do a project. Like, I got a project called Drill Obama. I did that because I wanted to do drill music. So I made a project with all drill music. So everybody that like drill music would love this project. So I kind of keep everything like that, you know. And, like, on Blue, you know, first half is 
mostly rap and the second half of the project is R and B. So I really don't I don't have no I don't wanna like have put myself in and I wanna be able to do anything that's new coming out, I feel like I can bring myself to it and do it better. Like I don't wanna sound like nobody, you know, no rapping and everything. I got my own voice, but as far as the production and stuff, I feel like I can rap on anything. Okay, so the, everything you rap about, do you actually live it, or do you rap about what somebody else went through? Well, yeah, being in the entertainment business, no things exaggerated, but everything I say starts from a comes from a real situation. Now, but when I first started rapping, you know, I wasn't connected with it emotionally, so it was just. Rapping just to show you I can rap, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can feel that. But now it's just now most everything that I'm talking about it comes from a a real situation that I didn't been through personally. I'm, I'm connect most of my music now is all personal. Do you feel like? Feel do like, you feel like all your personal problems that you've been going through is going to make your music better or help you grow as an artist? I never, to be real, I never, it's really just therapy to me. So I really just let whatever happen. When I hear the music, because I know from doing what I was doing on those mixtapes, I know I can rap. I know I got the talent to rap. So now it's just, I'm just using, putting my pain out there on Front Street and using it as therapy, but at the same time, still being clever with what I say just to make people think. Okay, so I I know at one point, maybe between 2013 and 2015, you was pretty active on dropping music, dropping mixtapes. The last album you dropped was back in, I think it was 2016. Uh, why why was it such a delay on dropping new content when you was heavily active once before? Because I realized. All all that music I dropped before I I felt like was was me honing my skills to to be the artist I am now. So now that I got to this point, I don't want to just throw nothing out there that I ain't gonna fully stand behind. Like from now on, every project I'm putting out, I feel like it's gonna be that project that's gonna take me to the next level, and I'm gonna promote it and push it for as long as I can, you know what I'm saying, to to make it generate buzz because people's attention spans are shorter now, you know. So you putting out too, too much music, you can just be wasting a lot of good songs that nobody will never catch. So basically you don't want to oversaturate yourself. Yeah, I don't want to put, I don't want to put too much out. Okay, because another question, like I said, between 2013 and 2015, you were pretty active. And I know and I noticed on your you know, first couple of minutes that you had several features. And then 2016, you had a couple, you had maybe one, two features, and you had a lot of vocal assistance with another person. But that's besides the point. Do you rather be solo on a song so you can just flow? Or you have, you, or you rather have a feature? 
Because like I said, you know, artists now, like J. Cole, he'd rather have, you know, an album by himself versus have versus someone like, like The Game have an album full of features. Which one do you prefer? I only do features with my game, so everything is in-house. So everybody I do features with somebody, like, like now, like back in the day, it was just like whoever, you know what I'm saying, if I want to do a song. But now I only do features with if you really rock with me, you know, people that I'm working with. Because I ain't trying to make none of these niggas out here famous, to be real. Are you in competition with anybody in the booth that's on the song with you? I'm in competition with everybody. I tell them every time they step up that they better come with me. <laughs> Man, I mean, I don't know. I think from you, me listening to you for the years that I've known you, I think you do jail with, you know, certain people and then other people that you have a feature with, it's like you take off and then you got to pick up their wave. They don't hold up to that end. So I don't know about that one. Uh, I know, like I said, on the last album, 2016, the album, I mean, the song you had by yourself was good, like real good. The song you had with Willie Mac, I mean, Willie Mac gonna hold his end. Trade E gonna hold it in. So like you said, you hold you hold your standards to in house, but I mean the only reason the only way I do a feature, I tell you, I put it like this, the only way I do a feature outside of my camp is if it's gonna benefit me. Somebody that's gonna take me to the next level. Like, because it's all if, if it's outside my camp, it's all business. So ain't that personal. So if it's outside my camp, we got to help elevate our careers to the next level for me to do a feature with you. Gotcha. Do you charge a lot for a feature, or it just depends on who it is? I mean, to be real, I I probably ain't. It's been some people that really want they want to do features with me right now. And to be real, I just been focusing on myself, so I ain't really been, I ain't really been, I've been kind of ignoring everybody on doing features right now. But when I do start doing features, yeah, it would be a price that yeah I have talked to my manager about to figure out what that price gonna be. I got you, I got you. <laughs> I don't who I don't want to know. Well, I do want to know who your manager is. Who who's your manager right now? Do you have a manager? Yeah, I got a manager right now. You know what I'm saying? I got something in the work. Okay. Everything gonna be out soon. Everything gonna be out soon. I had to come back up here and chop it up. Okay, okay. Everything yeah, so. All right, this being 2018, you've been rapping for, what, nine, ten years, roughly? Maybe a little bit longer? A little bit longer, yeah. Maybe about 11, 12 years strong. All right, so to this date, what is your biggest record that you just go back and say, like, damn, this, this, this was a hit right here? Or anybody else that know you say, hey, this record was a hit right here. Which, to this day, what is your biggest hit? My biggest hit is actually is a feature I um, did um, called Trap Nigga Music. That's like probably a um, video. Like the song got like 50,000 plays and the video got like 15K views on YouTube. Now that's probably the most views I ain't got off um, video. But 
is that and um song I dropped pages on Dearly Beloved is my highest selling single that I ever had. I got you, I got you, I got you. I think we got like um five K streams on Spotify. So So it sounds like you got a you know, pretty strong support system. Well, a fan base. You you got a bigger fan base now since you know you got five K streaming that one particular song. I know your album two years ago was in the stores. I'm pretty sure that did pretty good in sales wise too. Yeah, it, it did good enough for the position I'm in for some you know, doing anything myself with not with with just a lot of local buzz around the south without, you know, in certain areas. You know, but that why that's what this next project gonna be for for me to expand. So I feel like it's something on there for no matter who you is, whether you the hood person in the streets doing this or you a you college kid or you a just an everyday working man or a woman, you're gonna love my project no matter what and gonna be able to relate to a song off of it. So that's kind of the space I'm in now. Okay, okay. So, you being a rapper, how many awards have you won so far? None, really. I ain't, I ain't never won a. Uh, I never won an award with my music. I have won some talent shows and stuff like that, but I ain't never. I never actually won awards. Really, I don't. Be honest, I really don't care about awards. My goal is to to be able to do what I love without to get and getting paid for it without having to work a nine to five. I really don't even care about the awards and stuff. I just want to be stable, you know, with the music. Right. And if and if that's what comes with it, you know, I'm always trying to elevate, you know, and grow. And as I grow with my fans, if I gain enough fans and they get that for me, I'll be appreciative of it. But I ain't even really too much on the awards, you know, even though we are performing at the music awards. So but Do you do you do you travel a lot to put your name out or you just do a lot of social media exposure? Yeah, I I travel a lot, but I travel to certain places that I know uh right now that I know that's certain territories I know that's listening to my music. You know, so like I go to a lot of places in Alabama, but besides here, you got you know North Carolina and the kids on campus at Chapel Hill. They listen to my music, and then you know I got people in Atlanta and you know most area in the South. Now I'm just trying to go, I'm trying to expand. You know, north and on the west. I ain't never been to, you know. I ain't been too far out west, so I want to, you know, start going out there, getting these tours and stuff lined up and getting my name out there. Okay. So do you, do you have anything in the works right now as far as touring? Well, we do. Uh, I got a tour, you know, with my partner in crime, DC the Prophet. Me and him, you know, we got the duo called X3, and we got a tour, you know, coming starting next month. We gonna be we gonna be everywhere. So if y'all got social media, y'all can just follow me. You know, just teaser the Mike Burner and whatever, Easy Rider. That's E A Z Y R I D A H. 
and I know to stay updated. But yeah, we got a tour coming next month, actually. Okay, okay, okay. Got a few more questions. I'm let let you go on out of here. You got a couple songs on this new project, one in particular called Free Bill Cosby. Can you go in depth of how that song came about? So, I so that song, it came. I had made first. I made a song called Pills. Uh, that that's on the album. When y'all hear it, it'll come. It'll come right before Free Bill Cosby. But I have a song on the project called Pills. And when I made that song, it was around the time that Bill Cosby, you know, got indicted for, you know, all that stuff, rape allegations and all that he had going on. And I just thought it was ironic. I was doing a song about pills and that happened. So I was like, you know, and one of my favorite Cosby show episodes was the point where he was talking about his barbecue sauce. Uh-huh. And I used to always call call Bill Cosby the sauce. Even that was just what I used to call it, <laughs> you know, so yeah, <laughs> because of that episode. Yeah. So I used to call Bill Cosby the sauce. So when I say free Bill Cosby, I'm not saying like free, like actually free him, you know, let let him out, but still it is free Bill Cosby though. But it's actually saying free sauce. I'm giving y'all free game. So it's just free sauce. All right. And one other single I noticed is Do You Love Me? Now, going back to 2016, you had a song called And Then There Was You. Does that go hand in hand with each other? Or that just something that you were dealing with personally and you you just decided to drop it at that time? It was some. It was some I was dealing with. It's just all right to explain how Blue going how my project Blue works. Like the first eight songs is like I said, it's nothing but rap, whole you know, just a bunch of rap, like rap, good rap songs. But that second half is was the EP I was gonna do separately called Aim, and it was gonna be a lot of alternative hip hop and R and B songs on it. So like my verse. Like kind of my spin off on a lot of auto tune and singing and stuff, but what I wanted to do was I wanted to do a song on every last song on the second half of my project represent a woman that affected my life in the last five years that I actually had dealings with. Mm-hmm. So that's how that song came about. It was before this particular girl. So. Is that how the cover art came about as well? Y'all two going back and forth? They're just a random screen, sh- I mean, a random um, album cover. Yeah, that's how the cover art went. Okay. And the other cover art. The cover art kind of explains it all. But when you hear the whole project, you know, it, you'll understand it more. All right. Uh, so when's the next project coming out? When is Blue coming out? See, man, I'm still waiting, you know, getting samples cleared and stuff like that. Now waiting on the label to give me the okay. And what really pushing me back, I wanted to um, get a feature from, you know, almost everybody that kind of helped me out in the beginning. So, you know, that's an account that helped me, you know, that, that my day one. Yeah. But, you know, 
uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get them from everybody because all us, you know, doing they on the same stuff and you know working on stuff themselves. So we all so busy, but so that kind of held me up. I wanted to drop on May thirty first, but now I just gotta wait on you know waiting on Symphonic, you know, my label to just you know get everything right, and then we gonna see what you know. So this the only project you're gonna drop in twenty eighteen, or there's gonna be an EP later on this year, or what's next? I can't say. I can't say. I just know it's gonna be what's next with me for like uh, solo projects. It's probably be it's gonna be a lot of I'm a, it's a lot of singles on this album. Like I said, I'm about it's some for everybody. So I'm gonna just start putting out. I got some videos. I'm gonna put out. To go with this, this gonna this project. I'm gonna campaign it for probably the rest of this year, before I. But I'm still gonna be working on other stuff, dropping, you know, a song, a single here and there. But as far as project wise, this probably be my last one. Hopefully, this be the project that take me to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Then to generate my fan, make my fan base bigger, and get me to the point where I really want to be. That's the goal for this project. Got you, got you, got you. All right, man. Appreciate your time coming on the Private Shot Podcast. Uh, go ahead and sign you out one time, man. Man, y'all know what it is, man. It's easy rider. You know what I'm saying? I'm on the Perfect Shot Podcast. Y'all subscribe and be on the lookout. Support these boys, it's my brothers. And I'm out, man. Blue coming soon. This month, though, I know it's gonna drop this month. I'm not leaving. It's going to drop this month. We ain't getting out of June without Blue. But Blue coming. Videos coming. Y'all follow me at Easy Rider on everything. It's E-A-Z-Y-R-I-D-A-H. I'm All out. Right. All right, man. Y'all heard it here first. Easy Rider, a.k.a. T's of the Mike Burner, drops some jewels. Hey. Exclusive interviews coming your way every Monday. So stay tuned. Perfect Shot Podcast signing out. Dang.